Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. And we're back with another Moms Moving On, and I am every week so blessed and blown away by the feedback. I started this just to start answering some of your questions that I get on Instagram, and I am so grateful to hear that you're using the advice, taking the advice, and it's making your life as a divorced mom, as a contemplating, separating mom, as a co-parenting mom, and applying it and making your life easier that just makes me happy. And what I'm even happier about today is that we're going to finally touch on one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with, which was transitioning into a co-parenting lifestyle, right? Because you go from, uh, this is my kid, I'm with my kid 150% of the time to, uh, oh, okay, well, that's changed. Now what? And I have nobody better than the OG of Instagram co-parenting advice. Her name is Rosalie, but you probably know her as the Co-Parenting Collective. And you probably follow her on Instagram. If not, you should, because I've never found an account that gives such great spot on and real advice for people who are going through co-parenting and the challenges of navigating those rocky waters. So Rosalie, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Michelle. And I can't do this podcast because my heart just exploded and I have to go now and get a new heart. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll wait you for so, you. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> thank you. Yes. I um, you know, I have been co-parenting for 20 years. Holy you are smokes. like there's no holy better. fucking shit. <laughs> Here's what I always say. You can't trust the skinny chef and don't take no. advice from somebody who's never co-parented. You're the best. That's right. Holy shit. Yes. So I've been co-parenting for 20 years, which blows my mind. And by the way, that is my entire adult life. Like the entire span of my adult life. Um, I've been co-parenting in one form or another. Um, I have three children, two exes, and a partridge there is and a partridge in a pear tree <laughs> and uh, 70 trillion gray hairs now. Um, but I really get it. I mean, I get it. There's hardly a scenario that you can put in front of me. And I, I would be like, yep, then they're done that. Let's do this. Uh, so I just wanted to create the co-parenting collective to be, um, you know, to put that knowledge to work and then also be what, what Rosalie needed 20 years ago that didn't exist. It just didn't exist. And I so, love it. If you so don't, here we are. If you don't have it, create it. That's that's yeah. one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten in my career. And um, I started yeah. writing about divorce back when I first got separated because it was really just a way to vent. Like I didn't. I yes. Needed, I needed. It was like almost like I was writing to take my own advice because there wasn't any out there. And I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been this move towards normalizing divorce and co-parenting, as I'd like to say, and as there should be, because frankly, more of us are divorced than not these days. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. And what I love about your account, before we get into the meat and potatoes of co-parenting, is that mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of accounts that do this, but definitely lean towards bashing one sex or the other um, mm-hmm. or making it sounds so negative and you don't do that. You take a no. neutral approach. You understand both the mother's point of view and the father's point of view. And I think mm-hmm. that's super important if you're going to have a respectful co-parenting relationship. Thousand percent. And that is exactly why, you know, when, you know, people think I'm mysterious. I'm not mysterious because I want to be mysterious. I'm mysterious because 
I don't want it to be about me. I don't want just women to listen to what I'm saying. We have moms and dads, um, a healthy dose of both on our account. And time after time, like just this week, a dad wrote in and he had been in a situation where his ex had literally taken off with the kids and moved five hours away and given him two weeks notice. So he's like, what the hell do I do here? So I coached him through that and um, through the messages and things like that, coached him through it. And I'm happy to say after it was, I think it was about seven weeks, he got her to move home just by communicating better and not scared. So I guess my point is that I don't want it to be just about one story, one person, one's lifetime, because we all have stories and lifetimes and layers and situations. Um, But again, I have been through all of it. So you're the best person to have on for discussing co-parenting. And when, what I want to get into is I'm only three years into my co-parenting mm-hmm. relationship. And I'm finding that even three years in, I still haven't worked out the kinks and challenges because it's an ever-evolving and growing process. And there's no one way to do it. But there no. are consistent things that anybody from any walk of life in any situation will run into when they're making the transition into co-parenting. And let's let's yes. why don't you give us you know, the nuts and bolts, your top ways to transition in the easiest way for both parent and child into a new co-parenting relationship. Yes. So, okay. That's uh, now I made a list for you and I boiled it down to about five points, but this is not an exhaustive list. Okay. And I'm sure that you know that better than anyone, but, um, you know, I'm into this, like I said, 20 years, And so I think that the top, what I want to start with is like a little disclaimer. Okay. I, everybody has their situation, but fair co-parenting is the result of fair parents. So, you know, it does take two if you have, but there is an imbalance sometimes that happens in divorce where one of you is going to go into it in a healthier space because you were ready to go and you've been processing and da da da. What's the, what's that stat? Like if you had a 10 year marriage, you were breaking up for five and whatever. So one of you was breaking up for five years right. here, you know, that person might be ready to go. And the other person might be now like in shell shocked and like, holy crap, you know, pissed and bitter and all these things. So the first thing that you need to do is to take a step back now, I get a lot of messages from people who say, oh, you know, I, the ink isn't even dry and here we are and this is this and that and the other things happening. And I say, we'll take a step back from each other. Just put some oxygen in, the, in your airways and, 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 and separate and boil it down to the nuts and bolts. So I know, have to say that that's spot on because I did exactly yeah. that in the beginning. We didn't. I, the best advice I got was to not file for divorce right away. Like uh-huh. let things settle to try and figure things out on your own for a little bit. See how everybody settles into their new lives. Try a night here, a night there. See what's really going to work before you go and, and you start fighting this process because feelings need to like settle down a little bit. Like you're, everybody's all hot and bothered and not in a good way when the separation first happens. And that's not the best time to make decisions 
for the next 18 years of your kid's life about a schedule or what's going to work best for who. Absolutely. And P.S., we all are on Instagram here, right? So we understand that there's quotes about this and quotes about that, but you know, you see quotes like don't make decisions in when you're angry. So this is part of it. This is the, like, this is the rule number one. Don't start making decisions because you're caught in the hot box and you don't know how to get out. You'll get out you, but you need, you know, you need to just settle into your new roles. And like you said, I want to, I want to touch on that for a second. So you know, I think the age of the kids also comes into play. So you separate and then let's say your kid is two, which is kind of what people don't really talk about, which is kind of the age that people get separated and head towards divorce. But that's a whole nother, yeah, that's a whole nother episode. But anyway, so like around two, um, so a two-year-old, Think about what a two-year-old really needs. Do they need to suddenly go from naps and regular schedules and consistency into, you know, their parent, you know, each arm and the parent's hands and they just being split apart and then you need Solomon to come in and it's like, no, you don't need that. You just guys got to relax and have respect for your child and your child's schedule and what their life was like before. Because you guys are the ones that are splitting, not your kid. Right. That's um, very so anyway. good advice that not many people will take, but very good advice right. nonetheless. Well, listen, I'm going to give you probably some advice that people won't necessarily like, um, but it's the truth and it works and that's all I can do. Yes. <laughs> Just, you know, put it out there. You know, I want to talk about time in my list of, of five things. So the, the one of the things I want to um, speak on is that that everybody fights about time. So you get divorced and there's a money and time issue. So let's pretend, let's just pretend that you have, you walk away from your divorce and each of you has a million dollars in the bank account. Cause that's not what this podcast is about. Right? So let's forget the money, put it aside. Let's say everybody's fine financially. Now what? Now that leaves time with your child. Well, when you're married, if your ex says to you one Saturday, Hey, I'm going to, I want to take Lucy to the mall for the day and then we're going to go out to dinner together are you going to say no fucking way you know no you guys got to stay home you can't do that <laughs> are you no, no you're not shut the fuck you're not going to do that so the same process of, should apply because this this really michelle this is a lifestyle and this is a mindset play it, that's it okay so you're not going to do that if you're married. That sounds ridiculous. But, but now let me, get, let me, yes, yeah. let me ask you this. Um, hun, well, not hun, ex-wife. Yeah. I want to take uh, our three-year-old to see a movie on Tuesday night at 7.30. She's going to love it. Mm-hmm. And you say, yes, if yeah. it works for the baby's schedule. And I say, but she's three years old. And she's right. at school tomorrow. Well, so what? Exactly. She's going to love the movie. She's going to love the movie. Okay. I understand the movie's going to be good. What do you suggest in those times? Because there are going to be times that are super inappropriate and one parent <laughs> may not understand why. I deal with that all the time. Uh, every single week, there's something that, oh, well, can't, you know, like, uh, for example, last night, you know, I have a nine. So I have a, an adult child, obviously, because 20 years. Hello. And then I have, so I've got two little ones. I have a nine-year-old and a three-year-old. And that happens on the regular. So, for example, last night, 
nine-year-old. Uh, well, I'm going to take her, you know, I'll take her to dinner, da, da, da. And I said, well, you know what? Um, talk to her about that because she has, uh, she actually has to study tonight. She has a test tomorrow. Oh, oh, I didn't know about the test. Okay. So my answer to you, my short answer to you is, well, she's got school tomorrow and always frame it from how it's going to affect your child, which you just said that you do, which is great. And if your ex isn't really on board with that, then I often say, you know, I don't know what to tell you, you know, seven o'clock on a Thursday school. Do you really think that makes sense? And that is my golden question. Do you really think that makes sense? Oh, I like that. The end. Okay. And then they're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> so I'm all about making my ex think for themselves because the second I start nagging and instructing and what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. The pushback, the resistance, the, oh, yeah. the argument. Very Cause smart. I'm saying it. Cause I'm Very saying smart. it. Very smart. Uh-huh. So, yeah. right. So, I mean, I always talk about this is taking a, a what's best for your kids approach in this whole thing. Otherwise, yeah. you know, what's best for you. I've learned this through years of therapy. What's best for me may mm-hmm. not be best for my kid. And that's fine mm-hmm. because ultimately mm-hmm. if my kid is at peace and happy, I will be also. And I think that everybody or most people go into this, like I said, hot and heavy, just trying to win. Everybody's trying to fight. And it's one thing to fight over money, but you cannot, you cannot fight over the kids for your own pride, unless there's some issue of safety or, you know, emotional health, safety, discipline. Yeah. Right. Big, yes. big ticket, big ticket items. You know, hopefully you've worked through those big ticket items in your, you know, if you do put together a parenting plan or a custody agreement or whatever it is that you decide to do, you know, those details should be in there. Um, yes. you know, PS, let me just state it out loud you know, as far as discipline goes, you know, one house shouldn't be beating the crap out of the kid and the other house isn't. And that's, that's bizarre to me because (laughs) hello, domestic violence is domestic violence. So, um, but yeah, anyway, big ticket items should be already, hopefully already settled. So these are the little nuances that can come up. Like you said, you know, I want to take her to the movies. Well, let's wait for the weekend. What do you think? Does that make sense? Yes. Going back to transitioning into this new lifestyle. So we know we have to give things time, settle down a bit, try and figure out what's, what works best for your child at the stage Mm -hmm. that they're in, because a Mm -hmm. two year old is going to need different things than a 12 year old is going to need. But what about for the parents? Like what, what is the best advice you give to mom and dad who are both new at this sharing thing? What, what would you suggest they do on the times when they don't have their children? And it's really freaking hard to take a step back, to not want to call every second and ask what's going on because it feels unnatural to not be with your kid. What advice would you give there? Again, I want to go back to married life. Like if your ex, you know, took your kid for the day to a movie and dinner and they were gone all day, even 10, 12 hours, whatever it is, um, would you call the phone 20 million times. Are you okay? Is everything okay? What are you doing? Are you, when she, you know, you wouldn't, you just wouldn't do that. So yes, you're getting divorced, but use your married life as parents sort of as a touchstone. If you've had issues where you feel like, you know, cause a lot of this stuff is fear-based Michelle. And, um, you know, that's what we have to push through is being 
afraid of the next phase. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to tell everyone who's listening, be afraid, but like lean into it. Don't shy away and then, you know, get the freak out and then start grabbing at things. Um, and it'll probably be your kid, but don't do that. Okay. So we touched on being married. You know, you're not going to spend 24 hours with your kid anyway. You know, they're going to go to grandparents' house or wherever because time is the big, 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 big ticket item. Now, as far as how you spend your time when your kid's not with you, well, I don't know. How would you spend your free time when your kid wasn't with you when you were married? Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, it, of course it makes sense. But yeah, there, you know, I mean, there, there's only natural. It's the fear that's that's driving you, right? And there's only this, you know, there becomes this feeling. Like I remember in the beginning, I was with my daughter all the time before my ex and I separated. Like she was on my hip wherever I was going, yes. mm-hmm. and I was like four thousand percent for what was responsible for what was going on in her life. And now all of a sudden, you know, I wasn't. And so mm-hmm. then all these feelings rush in. Like after you have a kid and you think about what did I do with all my free time when I was not a parent? Like you think about like, did I really make the most of all of my time with my kid? Oh my God. You know, it's only natural to have these feelings of loss for lack of a better term, especially as a mom, because, you know, if you think about animals in the woods, where does the kid need to be for the first couple years of its life on the mom? So yes, it's a, it's a natural evolutionary feeling. And a lot of people have a hard time with it. I had a very hard time with it. And, and that's, that's exactly why I believe that the, the age of the child and where, what their life was like pre-divorce should help determine where, you know, should help steer the ship for the parents moving forward. Um, I'm the same way. Uh, my, you know, my three-year-old has never actually spent a night away from me, even now. And that's just, you know, dad's like, well, when she's ready, she's ready. If she doesn't, you know, whenever that is, I'll wait. So the parents have to have to think about that. But if you're look, if your ex is stuck and like, no, they're coming with me and that's it. You know, there really is no way around that. Right. No, there I'm going to be honest with you. There just isn't, I'm not going to even pretend that there is, you know, they, they come here they get the kids, you know, if they want to take that child kicking and screaming, it's fucking sucks, but it's, you know, what are you going to do? Right. What, and I've been there. I mean, I've been there. Bella was only two when I started time sharing, yeah. literally kicking and screaming and mm-hmm. my heart would sink. And then mm-hmm. my ex would call five minutes later and she was happy go lucky in the backseat of his car. So, you know, right. we have to remember that like, it's like dropping your kid off at school and they don't want to be there and they cry. Mm-hmm. They get over it in three seconds and their lives are not all that affected by it. So that took right. time for me to learn. But I think in the mm-hmm. beginning for parents who are new to this, they think it's like this upheaval of their child's emotions. And Mm -hmm. and it's good to take a step back and realize it's not. Um, But leading into that, into Mm -hmm. the transition, how would you advise parents to best prepare their kids for this new lifestyle? Uh, Just to talk to them again, you know, when you're, when they're in a certain age range, so zero to two, three ish. um, And I, I'm a firm believer that if your kid can talk, like literally express themselves. I don't care how old there are. Some kids talk at two, three, whatever it is. But I think if when your kid can express themselves, you have to respect that and um, allow them to have some, you don't want to suffocate your kid with 50, 50 or X amount of time. They don't, they have no concept of time, right? None. 
five minutes to 20 years, they have no idea. Why do you think they sit on the floor? Like, we have to leave in five minutes. No, they're sitting there picking their nose, picking out toys, go have to go to the bed. You know, <laughs> what the fuck? we have to leave. I don't know. I got to go to the bed. You know, stop it. <laughs> like, they have no concept of time, but the parents are so fixated on the time. And that's where the disconnect um, can come in. Right. So I think, fixated so I, is, is a good word. They do. Fix yes. Very fixated on time. So I think that, again, I go back to the age, I think zero to, you know, whenever your kid goes to school, I'll say four, I don't know, five, four years, five. Yeah. I mean, they start technically real school at five. So let's say the five. So zero to five is not only the, the most critical time for where you're going to do the most damage if you fuck up, if you fuck up, like, like seriously, if you guys keep fighting, you keep badgering and hammering and demoralizing each other and, you know, ripping the kids out of the house to go on some cuss and then you don't even, it, it's like the worst thing ever. Um, I'm covering my face right now. just thinking about it. Um, but if you guys are okay with just being flexible in that time, I know everybody wants to get everything on paper, but if you just be flexible with your kid and the stages, cause they change so much, but they're taking so much in you would, Oh my God, you, you, it would, it would make miracles because once those roots are placed, you know, once five, six comes along seven, da, 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 it gets harder and harder to change what's been done in those, those early years. So the more flexibility, the better. That's the best I can. That's the best I can give. Like I can't imagine, you know, some dad coming in. Like you know, a mom is. Let's say she's well, the baby's one, and the mom is breastfeeding. Dad's like, nope, rips the baby off the breast, takes him outside. Like, who are you? What kind? Right. You're not. What the? What is wrong with you? Oh, yeah, and you, so you must that. have caused the divorce then. So you're the problem. Okay, got it. Well, you see that happening. It, you know, again, yes. it comes about winning. And very often, I want to go back to something you said in the beginning. But they win nothing. They win. Right. There's no winning. Nothing right. Wins. But you're dealing with one person who was emotionally involved enough to move on and the other yep. person who was not ready for this. And that very much becomes the person who wants the time and you did this to me and I want to be with my kid. And, and you fall into a pattern and ultimately... By the, I mean, research shows by the ages of, especially in little girls, prepubescent girls, girls, you know, starting with their hormones at 12 and 13 years old. No way. You forced me into a situation and I don't like it. Nobody was listening to me. And that's when they revolt and they don't want to go with the parent who made them feel torn and pulled and like a piece of property. And it happens exactly, time exactly. and time but, again. But, but that's not, you know, it's going to kill you. Right, as a parent, it's gonna it, you will be shattered, and the you know going back to your question before, well, how do you spend your time? Look, I would a lot like marketing. I campaign a lot for my kids. So um, when I say campaign, what do I do? And this was from separation. And can I tell you this? Oh, one of my exes was a freaking nightmare started in high conflict. I'm telling you, but then we became like this poster family. Oh, how do you guys get along? And oh my God, should get back together. Ah, oh. but it, it's not like you can get there. You can start from hell and get to heaven. You really can, but you have to, like you just said, you have to take the kid into account. So you can't do all this damage and then expect, oh, it's going to be fine. You know, they'll get older and they'll, be, they'll get over it. No, they don't get over it. 
And that's the thing that people forget. They forget that their kid is an individual with their own brains and their own opinions and their own ideas. I mean, you yourself, you have this, you, you know, I always see you're, you're posting this, you know, your gorgeous daughter and she's strong willed and, you know, has her own opinion. Oh my God. It gives me chills. Like, that's amazing. Thank Can you, you imagine like someone trying to f- come in and fuck that up? Right. Her own parent? Right. I'm, I'm saying this because I know that people are going to be listening to this and I want you, you know, if you're doing this, I'm sorry. I want you to feel bad for it. I want you to feel ashamed that you're doing this to your kid. I want that yeah. too, Rosalie. Yeah. So, fucking. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> get sorry. On another Not sorry. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's just, it's, we all live so well. Like we all go to sleep at night at the end of a long parenting day when we've had great success that day, when our kids listens, when everybody mm-hmm. goes to bed happy. And mm-hmm. when you are constantly fighting what is, right? Like, Mm-hmm. what is, is you got divorced. You're not with this person anymore. You have to share a kid with them. When you're fighting that in your own head, you're never going to be at peace and your kid is never going to feel the peace they need to feel from within you. So mm-hmm. making this transition into co-parenting is really mm-hmm. tough. But if you do it right and you stay ahead of your feelings and you can separate what's real from problems you're just creating in your head, it makes all of the difference. Rosalie, give us like the, the, the wrap up. So we said the best ways to transition is give it a little time. Let everybody cool down. Talk to your kids openly. Yes. Put your fucking feelings to the side. Yes. <laughs> and give us one more piece of advice before we have to wrap up. Okay. This is my, this is my big one. Just like saying, does that make sense to your ex? So you always yes. frame things That's from the perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. So always frame things from the perspective of your kid, first of all. If you have to make a request, um, like you maybe you have to change the schedule, right? So say, Susie doesn't want to, uh, or not Susie doesn't want to. So say, um, Susie has this happening. She would like to know if, is that possible? Does that make sense for you? Like, Love it. Do you get it? Yes. Okay, we got to do that. The second big item, and we didn't get through all five, but maybe another time. So the consider, listen, you have to think to yourself, okay? If you get into a co-parenting situation, you divorce, and now you're able to co-parent it, and it's a rough road in the beginning, I want you, when you hit the bumps, when it gets rocky, when you've had an argument, consider the alternative. You know, a lot of people come out of divorce and it's tough, right? It hurts, it's heartbroken, you know, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. All the pain comes, you know, tumbling down on you. And, but it's not gonna stay there. You know, you're gonna dig your way out. So I want you to, when you, when you, when you do dig your way out, you're still gonna hit bumps. Your kid's going to get older. Maybe they want to join soccer. That's going to take another punch to the time. Your kid's going to want to, I don't know, wear certain clothes. And the dad's going to be like, no fucking way. And you're going to say, well, you know, maybe the sock with the uniform is okay. I don't know. (laughs) You know, so there's tons of things. But anyway, you have to think to yourself all the time. Okay, we made it. 
here we are six months, year later, totally different conversation, totally different mindsets. Consider the alternative. If you hit a bump, consider the alternative. Okay, this kind of sucks right now and we're arguing and we're not agreeing, but we're going to work it through because at the end of the day, you don't want, you don't want the burden to fall on your child. So don't suffocate your kid by the custody agreement and always consider the alternative to co-parenting. I wish What's I could the put on a billboard on I-95. I know. <laughs> no. I really wish I could. I don't know where you live, but they need one up by you too. Michelle, I'm in Boca. I'm sorry, what? I'm in Boca. Girlfriend, you been Yes. <laughs> I'm your freaking hey, neighbor. So I'll, see <laughs> you. I'll see you for lunch this week. Lunch, lunch on Saturday? Okay, yeah, good. Um, no, but I, um, I don't want to cut off before your number five, um, because I think the, the points you bring are so valuable Thank and the you. experience shines through in everything you're saying, you know, you Thank really you. have been able to take a child centered approach to all of this. So give us your number five and then, uh, and then text me with some lunch plans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so number five. Okay. And this, <sighs> all right. This is if your ex is not Look, maybe they're just too pissed. They can't get out of their way right now uh, or after your divorce. So they're not showing up consistently or, you know, they're just being a jerk and, you know, holding things. Get out from under that cloud. Okay. And the way to do that is to lean on others for support. Holy shit. It's hard to do. I got this. I'm strong. I can do everything. No, you can't. You cannot do everything. Hello. I'm announcing it to everyone listening. You can't do everything. And sometimes, a lot of times there is no balance, right? So things Mm -hmm. are totally out of balance and you have to take a problem solving mindset. So a problem solving mindset says, what do I do now? X isn't showing up, canceling custody, here I am, I'm all by myself, but I need to work and I need to do this. What do I do? You need to lean on others for support. Friends, parents, siblings, neighbors, hire a babysitter, other people so that you are not like, again, if you could see my face, if you, so you are not being squeezed for this round, you know, 22,000 by your ex, right? So just lean on others and ask for help. And there's no shame in that. There really and isn't. I'll tell you the best, help, the best thing I did. I mean, yes, I was the first of my friends to separate. So I, I mm-hmm. took a lot of comfort in my relationship with my mom who had been through divorce in her life. But the best thing I did for myself, for my relationship with my ex, for my relationship, my, my approach to co-parenting was therapy. Therapy helped me so much separate my feelings of, first of all, my past traumas and what I'm scared might happen to my own kid, right? You're, you're able to separate the what if from the what is. It helped me open my eyes a little bit more to the benefits of co-parenting. It helped me reframe so many negative thoughts and you need that neutral referee during this time period. If you're new to co-parenting, I can't, I can't speak to the benefits of therapy enough. There's plenty of ways to get it, even if you are uninsured or it's financially difficult for you. There are plenty of people. There are county programs. Well, um, I'll, I'll have to list some online for you guys yeah, because yeah, it is yeah. very, very, very important to me that you take that into account, if nothing else that we talked about today. Yes. And, and therapy is really good, but in the, in the context of what I'm saying, you know, 
a therapist isn't going to babysit your kid if you have to work or take your kid. That's, that's more what I was getting at. But oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, you know, you know, so um, whoever can help come <laughs> in right. and help you actually with your actual kid. Can you pay? What's the, what's the charge? Probably less, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Um, but yes, please, 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 please try to um, adopt a problem solving mindset. It's funny. Uh, you know, Mother's Day, our kids go to school and my daughter, you know, they, they, right do their little things their little projects and my mom is this and that my daughter my nine-year-old has consistently put on this list of mom mom thinks she's funny and she's a problem solver that's really great i know i know i i definitely am but it's it's cute but it's funny and it's like i i mean that that to me is like the best. Okay, my work is done. I'm just going to go read some books and go to the spa. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I am so glad you joined us. And now that I know Thanks. you're local, um, you're going to have to come back on. And not only that, uh, I'm, I'm hosting an event in Davie on March 9th, I want to say, at Sip and Sparkle for divorced mamas, co parenting mamas to talk about all of these things and more. So I'm putting you on the spot right now and making you okay. come. Okay. And uh, <laughs> tell us where everybody can find you. So I have to call my therapist questions. to babysit. Okay, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> so um, if anybody needs anything, let's say you're just starting out in the middle of it or hitting Rocky Road, just come on over to our Instagram page. Um, we also have the coparentingcollective.com. Super easy to remember. Um, that's where you can find not only like more of a backstory um, to me on the blog and things like that, but um, all the resources that we have literally filtered ourselves, gone through, is this good? Is that not good? Is that crap? Is that too negative? You know, is that too polarizing towards moms? Is that too polarizing towards dads? All the good stuff. Thecoparentingcollective.com. Love it. You're awesome. And for everyone else, you know how I feel about moving on. Keep doing it. Stay focused. Stay strong. And whenever you need a little boost come say hello on Instagram. I'll be there for you. All right, guys, have a great day. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. Thank you.